0: Mm. This morning, everybody's having a oh, cast. Did uh, mute everybody here? This morning, during Kinnis, I quoted from a Sefer called Mikache Hashem, which is five volumes of responsa, Shas and Shuvis, written by Rabbi Fraim Ashri Zatzal, who was a Rav in the Kovna ghetto during the Nazi occupation, and he witnessed all the atrocities and the eventual liquidation of the ghetto, unfortunately, but he survived. And he was asked many heart-rending Shilas, some of which I shared this morning, which he answered and he recorded for posterity in his Sefer, both for the halachic importance of them and very clearly you see in the Sefer also to preserve the history that we should understand what people were going through. And some of those Shilas I found particularly poignant for us because he discusses a lot of the halakhic issues that we have to deal with. One of them... Uh, he discusses about Nabuch, the people that had to go to work on Shabbos, the forced labor, and they were pulled early in the morning to go out to work and they came back, it was already night. So they missed Kriya Satera on Shabbos. And they want to know how to make up for the Kriya Satera. What do they do the following week? They're going to lay it twice. And he goes through that whole question, a question which we discussed at length this year and we were faced with the same issue when we missed all those weeks of Kriya And it was funny because someone had mentioned to me that what do you think they did during the Holocaust when they missed all those weeks? Do you think they, they also worried about how to make it up? <laughs> and then I found the Shaila last night. I couldn't believe it. They did. They certainly did. And another Shaila which I mentioned this morning was that the Nazis, Imach Shamam, they had decreed that no groups greater than five people can assemble in one place on punishment of death. And they specifically made this decree to prevent Yedin from coming together to Davin Batsibur to be able to learn and Davin to, you know, with a minion. because so they knew how important it was to the Jews. And Ravashri describes how important it was to the Jews. He says, after days of this back-breaking forced labor that they were dragged out to, the beaten Jews would assemble in shuls and they would be kaveh etim and they would learn Torah and they would listen to shiurim. And they were here at Chizuk and Musar from the Darshanim and the Rabbanim. And he describes that he himself was continuously giving Shurim, moving from Beis Medrash to Beis Medrash, because the Nazis would constantly annex uh, uh, every shul for their own purposes. And he tried to give Chizuk and hope and B'tachen and, 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 you know, help the, the Yidin remain strong in their Amunah and B'tachen. And even after this decree, the Minyanim continued, and they continued learning Torah together in gatherings. Saravashi was approached by someone, Rav Naftali Weintraub, Hashem Yim who was the gabbe of one of the shuls, and was asked if, if it is permitted to daven and learn in such a situation of pikuach nefesh. Uh, a situation we also were faced with, but a very different kind of situation, unfortunately. We also were faced with a, a question of pikuach nefesh when it came to davening, but, but um, it was different. It was different, as we'll see. So he discusses first the obligation of Kiddushem Shemayim that we know we're only obligated to give up our lives for the three primary mitzvahs, of Azara, Shweigh Murder, Retzicha, and Gileh Reis. But we're not obligated to give up our lives for other mitzvahs. But we know there's an exception when it's Shas Shmat, when the, the Gai'im, the nations of the world, are trying to subvert us. They're trying to give, make us give up our mitzvahs, give up our Taira. Then there's an obligation to give up your life, even for any mitzvah. And he goes through famous Gemaras that we're familiar with, how Rabbi Akiva taught Torah in B'tzibur, even though the Romans had prohibited it, and ultimately was killed as one of the Asurim Asar Ruge Malchas for that reason alone, because he had taught Torah for the Rabbim B'tzibur, because it was that, for that reason. It was, it was a shashmat, it was a time that, that they were trying to eradicate the Torah mitzvahs from Klal and he says the Nazis were no different. They're making every effort to remove Svarim from the ghetto, to close down shuls, to close down schools, to close down chadarim. everything that they could do to prevent Yidin from learning Tyra and Davning. And then he discusses Davning in particular, and I mentioned some of it this morning, and he goes into at length how we have a role model. We have Daniel, Daniel who was in Bavel. Daniel, they made a decree, and the decree was actually specifically designed to entrap Daniel. if you learned the psukum over there. Because they knew he davened every day, three times a day. Daniel is actually one of the sources where we learn out to daven three times a day. And they made a decree, you can't pray. And then they caught him, they caught him davening. And that's why he was thrown into the lion's den, in the pit of lions. And Mepharsham asked them. Album asks, many asks, even if Sadi was asked. How could he do it? Why did he do it? Why did he daven if he knew it was at a threat to his own life? If he knew it was a question of mysterious nephews, it was a decree, he was going to get killed. And one of the answers given is by the Radvaz, one of the, uh, Rish, one of the later Rishonim. And he writes that Daniel saw, Daniel saw that his generation didn't appreciate tefillah. They didn't appreciate the power of tefillah. And Daniel was davening that the Beis HaMikdash should be rebuilt. We have a whole long tefillah of Daniel. Much of that tefillah is actually incorporated into the Tachnun we say on Monday and Thursday, that whole extensive Tachnun. Many of those lines are lines taken from Daniel's tefillah, where we daven that the Beis HaMikdash should be rebuilt. And he says his generation just didn't appreciate the power of davening, so he had to demonstrate to them on the risk of his own life, he had to demonstrate to them that it's worthwhile to risk your life to Davin. And he writes that that is what happened. The Jews did not balk because of this decree, and this decree was given on Yud Gimel El. And some two and a half weeks later, and the Rosh Hashanah of that year, which followed just you know, shortly after the decree, they Davin Betsever, and they blew Scheufer, he writes, right under the noses of the Nazis. And he writes that not only did they blow Scheufer and Davin in the shuls, they even organized a minion in the hospitals for the sick people to make a minion there to daven and blow Shifer. And he says, you know who organized those minyanim? The doctors who were not religious, he says. Doctors that had long given up religion were not, not, were not keeping says They wanted to defy the Nazis and help Yudin, Davin, Bitzibur at risk of their own lives to be able to daven, to be able to blow Shifer because everybody understood. Everybody understood that this is the way they were going to resist what the Nazis were trying to do. They were going to not allow their spirit to break and they were not going to give, give up hope. He brings another question he was asked. He describes how crowded the living in the ghetto was and how it was almost impossible to find a suitable place to david and to learn. So he says that his, him and his talmidim located a half-built building which hadn't been given over to living quarters because it, uh, it, it hadn't been finished being built. And it was full of trash. He says, everybody had dumped the garbage there. So they worked very hard. The Bachram cleared all the garbage. And after clearing all the garbage, they renovated the building. They finished the flooring. They finished the walls. They closed the windows. And they installed electricity. And finally, it was ready. And they started learning their the avenue. They set up benches. They brought in whatever swarm they could find. But there was a problem. And the problem was that the location of this building was right near the entrance of the ghetto. And the problem was that the Nazis would every day run into the ghetto and they would just, they had their quotas as to how many people they needed for their forced labor. So they would grab people off the street. The first people they could find, the first Jews they could find, they would grab them and force them to go work. So them being right near the opening of the ghetto, there was this was just a, 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 a constant stop on the Nazis' list. They would always go into the shul to see who they could find. So when they renovated the shul, they designed it that um, behind the Aron Kodesh there was a hiding place so that whenever they would hear the screaming and yelling of the Nazis outside on the street, all the young men, all the bacharim would immediately go into this hiding place and in the shul, they would remain, the people would remain so that Nazis don't get suspicious, but they would be the older people, the old men who were, weren't fit for work. They, the Nazis didn't grab them. They liquidated them, unfortunately, eventually, but they didn't grab them for work. So the Bahram had a shiloh. What was their shiloh? They said, you know, many times they're squeezed into this place and hiding for a long duration until they could be safe and comfortable that the Nazis had left. And during that time, the people left in the shul daven mincha, they daven Marab, they daven and they're in this little room, and they can't see the people there, but they hear them. So they daven together with them, and they wanted to know, is that tefillah or not? That was the Bachrach's question, and he writes, the Rav Ashri writes, he says, from the shayla itself that these young Bachrach asked me." We could see Ad Kama Heir Irham a slave. How much the the fire of Toyrah Mitzus lit up the darkness of the ghetto. How Mogarba Pakaral this frightening time. How powerful was Yerushemaim in the hearts of these, these poor people who were, who were locked up. Yuras to Hyrule Hetes Kaish, Koida shall have his the, the pure Yerah Shemayim that was burning like a fire in their hearts. Lakia mitzvah kal to be able to keep mitzvahs as they're meant to be kept. Asha is b'shoi is even during this difficult time. And he says, like we mentioned before, that these people, they, wasn't, they were davening. They were in the little hole over there and they were davening, but that wasn't enough for them. It wasn't enough that they were davening, even though they were davening b'sha afraid for their lives, they wanted also to be Mikhaim the mitzvah of Tevila And it's true, he says, the, t'fila, the, the concept of Tevila B'tzibur is tremendous. And he quotes Gemaris and he brings proofs. can't say it on Tisha but he, he, he proves that Tevila B'tzibur is from the most important things that we have. And then he goes on to explain that halachically they were considered Tevila B'tzibur, even though they couldn't be counted as 10 for the minion, but they were considered Tevila B'tzibur and they couldn't see each other. This year, you know, davening and davening with a minion, it, it took a hit. COVID closed us down, and there wasn't a time for Messias Nefesh. It wasn't a time of shmad. We weren't meant to be Messias Nefesh. Rather, the right thing to do was to stay safe, and we closed schools and schools. And even now that we're open, not every, it's not safe necessarily for everybody to come back. And even coming to shul, it's difficult to keep it safe. We have to limit the amount who can come, and we have to down with a mask, and it's uncomfortable, and it's hard. And some people had asked me, they were wondering, you know, is Tfilah B'tzibah truly that important? Truth to be told, I'll say myself, and other people said to me as well that when they were in Bihidas, they could daven at their own pace when they got there, and perhaps you could have even more kabana. But my response then, and so much, so, so, so much more now when I see these chuvis written by the Mekacha Hashem, that Kal Yisrael knows the answer to that question. Kal Yisrael, throughout our generations, throughout our history, in the most difficult of times, were moyser Nefesh, to Davin Tziel of And that's where was our source of chizik, that was our source of inspiration, and that was our source of life throughout the most difficult of times, where we got hope, where we got bitachin, where we got everything we needed to, 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 to grow in our way to And as we move forward from the three weeks and the nine days in Tishabav we wonder, and I wonder myself every year, what, what can we take with us? What can I take with me? It isn't easy to mourn for the Beis HaMikdash. It's, we keep the mitzvahs Chazal gave us. We don't listen to music. We don't shave. We don't cut our hair. We don't eat meat during the nine days. We don't bathe. We fast, and we say kinnis and Tisha But now what? So now we're, we're, we've done all that. What do we take from all this? And every year, I try to be a mechazik myself in davening. So much of our is dedicated to davening for the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. Look at Sheman Asrei. We have Tekab Bishifur Godel We daven to Hashem, you should assemble the gullias. You should blow that brick Shafer that's going to herald the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu. We ask Hashem, you should come back, bring his presence back to your Shalim. Interestingly, we ask that Hashem should bring His presence back even before He rebuilds it. First bring your presence back. First let us appreciate the closeness to Hashem. And then we ask for Mashiach, another bracha. And then we ask for the return of the avoyda. Return your avoyda to the Beis HaMikdash. And we ask to witness this with our own eyes. We want to be able to see it, not just hear about it, we don't want to have it for our children. We want to be able to see it. And when we conclude Shemana Esrei, we're not done yet. We say another extra tefillah, more than Shemana Esrei. We don't want to just suffice with Shemana We want to be able to bring a carbon and in the way we're meant to daven, with a ha a we have so many opportunities to daven for the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. They're already there. They're in davening and they're in benching and in so many places. Don't we owe it to Hashem and to ourselves and to our work throughout the nine days in Tisha B'av to take even one of those brachas and focus on them some more. There's a lot of depth in every single one of those brachas. And at least think about what it is we're asking for, what we really want. Maybe once a week give a thought why we want the Beis HaMikdash. What life will be like when Mashiach comes back? What will it be like to be able to offer a carbon, to bring a carbon, true to life, sacrifice to Hashem? See it, witness it being brought, being shechted, being spritched on the Mizbech, and burning, perhaps being burned by the fire that Hashem brought down from Shemayim Himself. Hashem demands of us that we should daven and request that the Beis Hamikdash be rebuilt, and holds it against us when we don't. Chazal tell us that the reason why there was a pandemic, the reason why there was a magifa, a plague, in the time of David HaMelech, it's recorded in the end of Sefer Shmuel, all the way at the end of Sefer Shmuel, one of the last prokem, talks about this plague that went on for days, and thousands and thousands of Yudn died. And Chazal say, why? Why did this plague happen? And Rashi says, oh, Shmuel, we don't know why it happened. But Chazal and Medrash say, there's a reason why it happened. Do you know why? Because David Amalek wanted to build the base of Mikdash, but Hashem told him, you can't be the one to do it. So he didn't. But Khazal say, what about cholesterol? Why were they okay with that? Yeah, David Amalek can't build it, but we can build it. Why didn't they demand? Why didn't they dive Hashem speak to the Navi and say, "Let us rebuild the base. Let us build the base of I mean, Build, build, build the base of Mikdash. We don't want to wait." And that was held against them, and therefore there was a plague. And Chazal say in the Medrash, "Uma Im It's fascinating. Uma um elu, he says, "Look at these people. never be a man. They never had a base of Mikdash yet. It was then destroyed. This is what happened to them. and they were punished. because they didn't demand." The base of should be rebuilt, be built. Anu, he says. Us Chazal say that the base of Mikdash was destroyed. We had it, but we're an anonymous We don't mourn it. We don't ask Hashem. We don't ask for Rusi. that it should be rebuilt. will certainly be held responsible. Lefikach, this is the Medrash to Tehillim. Lefikach is skinu That's why the original sa pious men and three Tfilas <laughs> every day and they should say ana hashab khinas khol tiayn which when we elaborate you know when we say bihas we elaborate we use those exact words and they were the of an individual. So Chazal instituted this because Hashem demands that of us. Hashem says, you have to daven for it. I have to see that you want it. And he says that, Chazal say that that was the cause of a pandemic. That was the cause of a pandemic in the times of David and Malach. And maybe we don't have any clue what the reasons for anything is, but we know we, something we need to be machazic ourselves in. Be mechazik and feel it. we have all these brachas, we have all these parts of Shemane that are there for that purpose, to daven for it, to feel it. And the more we think about it, the more we give time to it throughout the year, and not just once a year, the more it will become a real thing for us and a real desire and something we really want and can relate to. I want to just end with a beautiful, a beautiful mashal of the Dubna Magid the the is coming to explain the wording of shira malus we say when Hashem shiva we bring back shiva will bring back the galus into irushlaiim hayinu we will have been like dreamers so simply understood we always understand this we will be like dreamers we say shira malus it means we think it means that, you know, when we witness a Mashiach coming, when we see all the nisim and the floyeth that will happen when the Beis HaMikdash gets rebuilt, we're going to think we're dreaming. It will be so hard to believe, so hard to accept, so hard to adjust to the new reality of a Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi and a and, and Mashiach sitting Canaan living in Shalim and Eretz Yisrael, we'll wonder, it can't be real. But the Dub the asks a very good question. He says then it shouldn't say, we were like dreamers. It should say, Niya We will be like dreamers. Right? We're talking about a future event, something that's happening, and we will be like dreamers. Why? Hayinu, we will have been like dreamers. Doesn't make sense. So he explains, as his custom, with a beautiful marshal. He says there was a king who had son, his son, the crown prince, wandered off into the woods and got lost, and he was found by a group of bandits who adopted him. And he was totally lost. They searched for him. Lost. King lost his son. He gave up eventually. And the son grew up. And he became a shepherd. That was his livelihood. He was somewhere in the far reaches of the land of the the country. He became a shepherd. And he was raising sheep. Lived a simple life with his adoptive parents. Eventually the king passed away. And the country was left without a king and without an heir. So the nobleman, instead of allowing anarchy to, to reign, they pooled all the resources and they canvassed the whole country they were going to find this crown prince. And eventually the effort paid off and he was found. And they told him, your father had just passed away and you are the crown prince and now you're the king. And they said, you're crazy. I'm, I'm, he said, oh, you're crazy. I'm a shepherd. I'm not a king. But they didn't give him a choice. They took him by force and they brought him into the the, the palace and they brought him into his royal bedroom, and they appointed two bodyguards by the door to make sure he doesn't escape. And he goes there to sleep. He goes to sleep on his four-poster bed, you know, gilded with gold and all the beautiful tapestries surrounded by millions of dollars of artwork and and beauty. And he goes to sleep. And he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he looks and he sees all the wealth and all the beauty and all this money that's officially his, and he says, you know what? (laughs) I must be dreaming. Goes back to sleep. Wakes up again, again and he sees all the wealth and he sees the, the palace and he sees the view through the window and he says, there's no way this is real. I'm certainly in the middle of a dream. He goes back to sleep. Finally he wakes up the third time and he sees it's still there. He says, you know what, this must be real. I must have dreamed all along that I was a shepherd. That must have been the nightmare. That must have been the dream. And he says that's what it's going to be like when Mashiach comes. And we'll be overcome by the new reality, and it'll become real to us that we're children of a king, that we're bnei mulachim. Call every one of Klal Yisrael as malchus. Every one of Klal deserves and will live like royalty, attended by thousands of of the nations of the world that want any opportunity to have something to do with us, just to be able to help us. When we'll be living the life that comes along with Mashiach Tzidkenu, we're going to turn back and we're going to say the whole galus must have just bad dream, it will be so wiped away by the new reality of Mashiach, of the Binyin of the may we all be zayichah in the schus, that we're misfall in the schus that we give our, our our heart and soul to the heavenly, one more minute, make to sheva, get your hands out of your underwear. May that be a schus for us to be zayichah that should come, Bim and we should have the Binya beis Mikdash, Bim and this should be our last tishabav And next year, Tafshim Payalif, we should be Zaikha to sit together in your Shalayim, when tishabav is a yayim Mayyid is a Yayim of Simcha, and we could serve our with the beis Mikdash rebuilt in Your Shalayim, Bim